Well, I'm glad we can all be together this morning. Uh, we're continuing through our sermon, on, the series on the Sermon on the Mount, uh, which we've called Jesus' Donkey Kingdom Manifesto, uh, because he is our donkey messiah, as we saw on Palm Sunday, riding into town on a donkey. And he chose a donkey to show us what kind of kingdom he was going to bring, one of righteousness, victory, and lowliness at the same time. And the Sermon on the Mount is him telling us what life in that kingdom will be like, what it's supposed to be like. And within this set of teachings, within this Donkey Kingdom manifesto, he gives us a template prayer that, gives us, uh, that, that shows us how we should pray. We often call it the Lord's Prayer. And we're working our way through the Lord's Prayer right now, kind of a series within a series here. So uh, to start us off this week, uh, I was reading... Uh, a few days ago about this dad, okay, and he was a pretty successful guy. He had some money, he had some real estate, he had some kids, uh, but his one kid totally, like, went off the rails, totally just rejected his dad, rebelled against his dad. Um, it didn't seem to be any real fault of the dad himself. He just, the kid just kind of fell in with some people who didn't like his dad or, or something, and he took off. The worst part about this story, as I was reading it, though, was that not only did this kid leave, but he asked his dad to finance his leaving. Okay, now when I was growing up, before I, before I had a job or something like that, I'd ask my folks for some cash when I'd go out and see a movie with some friends or go out and get some food or something. And maybe that might be considered presumptuous by some of you. I don't know. But this is crazy. Okay, this, this dad, he was pretty wealthy. Right? Pretty, had, had some money, like I said, some real estate. And he's planning on leaving it all with his kids anyway. But this kid is asking for it now. He's pretty much saying, look, Dad, you got this stuff you're going to give me when you die, but I want it now. Essentially, like, you're dead to me. Give me, give me this stuff now. The, the next part of the story floored me. The dad actually gave his kid the money. He gave it to him. He financed his own kid's rejection of him. Wow. <laughs> now, some of you might have caught on that the story I read this week was not in the Associated Press. It was not in Reuters. It was in the Bible. It's the story of what we often call the prodigal son. It's a story that Jesus himself told. A son takes his inheritance money from his dad before, he, before the dad dies... And takes off. And he blows the money. After he finds himself starving and homeless, he comes to his senses and goes back to his father completely humbled. Just completely humbled. Last week we talked about our need for forgiveness. Being forgiven is something we pray for in the Lord's Prayer. And the template, the, which is the template prayer, again, that, that Jesus gave his followers. And the prayer goes like this so far. This is what we've gotten so far. This, then, is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts. And then this week's part says, as we also have forgiven our debtors. Now, we talked last week about being forgiven, uh, and the reason we talked about that first uh, is that not only is it talked about first in the prayer here, but it's the foundation of our ability 
to forgive. That story of the prodigal son, for those of us who have heard it before, we've heard it from the angle that God is the father who was rejected, and we are the prodigal, the son who left and then came back. We've rebelled. We've taken God's gift, and we've blown it. But when we reach the end of our rope and we come back to him humbled, he's waiting for us with arms wide open, ready to receive us into his love. And that's the right interpretation. That that is correct. That is how this story is to be read and the plain meaning of this story. But I want to try something this morning, uh, just for a minute here. I want to put us in the position of the Father. Okay, now not in the sense that we're God, (laughs) right, or that we're like God. I'm not saying that. But just, just about all of us have been in positions where we have had to forgive someone. And sometimes the forgiveness we give is big. We may have legitimate debts that are owed to us, to use the terminology of the prayer here. Some of us are victims of abuse. Some of us were not given an apology that we were owed. Some of us were cheated on, lied to, made fun of, bullied. Pretty much all of us is owed an apology by someone for something, big or small, almost all of us. But that just makes, this, makes it all the more important that we get this message of forgiveness here. Even when the other person has not apologized. Because if I... If I made it conditional, if I held back my forgiveness until someone asked for it or deserved it, I may never extend that forgiveness. And as much as we are forgiving another person, forgiveness isn't about them. It's about you. It's about your heart. I'll get to that a little bit more later. So in this story, uh, the father, he had a legitimate wound, right, from his son. There was a big hurt that he had to forgive, but he did it. And I bet it felt a lot better than hanging on to it, hanging on to that anger, that resentment. In fact, we see what happens in this very story if you do hang on to your anger, your resentments, because the prodigal son's brother is also in this story. And when the prodigal son returned home and the dad threw this monster party to celebrate his return from coming home, his brother gets ticked off. He's like, dude, dad, hello, I've been here the whole time. I've never left. Where's my party? He got jealous. He was mad at his brother and he didn't forgive. In the end of the story, we leave with the father and prodigal happy. Reunited, reconciled, and the other son still mad, not engaging in the party, left out. It doesn't end well when we don't forgive. We'll touch on this story a little bit later, but I wanted to go back to the prayer. Um, We're talking about forgiveness and our need to forgive. Uh, I think most of us understand that that's important. For us, right? Like we, we get the idea that, okay, yes, forgiveness is important. Most of us understand that. 
But this prayer puts things in an interesting way here. A a, a frame of mind that we sometimes don't want to think about when it comes to forgiveness. It says, forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. That sounds like trouble. Is this saying that we'll only be forgiven if we forgive others? Yes and no. Yes and no. Actually, this specific instance here in the, uh, in the prayer is most likely referring to, the way that it's phrased, is most likely referring to in the same way or in the way that Jesus forgives. So we forgive people in the same way that Jesus forgave us. Um, so we forgive when we have the heart of Jesus. And we are like him when we forgive like Jesus forgives. So that's more what this specific phrasing probably means. But here's the thing. okay? This prayer uh, that Jesus gives his followers, uh, it's in Matthew chapter 6, starting in verse 9, and ends in verse 13. Verse 14, the very next verse after the prayer, says this. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. It's like nails on a chalkboard. It's like, I'm not listening, I'm not listening, la 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 la. Like, I don't want to hear that. It, but it doesn't get a whole lot clearer. Than that. It doesn't feel good to hear. But listen, when we don't forgive, when we don't forgive, what does it do to our hearts? Right? It, it poisons us. Right? When we hang on to that stuff, it hurts us. And when we let our hearts get dark like that, how likely is it that they will grow to become like God's? Not very likely, right? When we let unforgiveness fester, when we can't or don't forgive someone, we close ourselves off from even receiving the forgiveness that we ourselves need from God. So it's not necessarily a threat that God is hanging over our heads here. Okay, If you don't forgive them, I'm not going to forgive you. It's not so much a threat as it is just the natural consequence of our unforgiveness. He's just kind of telling us the way it works. We can't receive his forgiveness if we don't have a heart that recognizes and exercises forgiveness. So when we can and do forgive someone, it's a clear indication that we ourselves have a forgiven heart. A forgiving heart is a forgiven heart. Now this begs the question, if we don't forgive, then are we completely unforgiven by God? Do we lose our salvation, right? Are we, are we somehow not Christians? Well, not, not, not really. See, we are still saved by grace alone. God's grace is what saves us and brings that ultimate moment of forgiveness. It's, 
Uh, it's like the two kinds of forgiveness that we talked about uh, last week with Jesus' act of forgiveness on the cross. Our debt was wiped clean, right? The, the kind of the, our legal standing before God were wiped clean. We no longer owe anything because Jesus paid it all for us. Our debt has been forgiven. But we continue to sin, right? We continually break our relationship with God and mess things up. So we need a forgiveness that maintains the relationship of love and peace with our Heavenly Father as well. And that comes when we open up our own hearts humbly and willingly to accept that forgiveness and love from God. And again, when we forgive, it is a sign that we too, in fact, have been forgiven. If we can't forgive, it's a sign that maybe Maybe we really haven't allowed ourselves to receive forgiveness from God. Maybe. I'm going to go back to the story of the prodigal son and the father who forgave him. Uh, remember how I said that the story didn't end well for the brother who couldn't forgive. Um, last week I talked about how amazing it feels to be forgiven. Uh, and I'll tell you what, there's, there's nothing better. <laughs> uh, speaking from personal experience. <laughs> It's incredible. But guess what? It also feels really good to forgive, to extend forgiveness. It feels great to forgive. And, and a, couple of, um, a couple of quick things about forgiveness here uh, before I, I close things out. Two things, two things that forgiveness is not uh, and one way of knowing whether, in fact, we have forgiven. The first thing that forgiveness is not. Forgiveness is not an event it's a process. Okay, I, I've, I've said this before sometimes. You know, sometimes you'll be able to forgive, and that's the end of it, right? Something, something's come up, you're able to forgive it, you think nothing of it, it's, it, it's fine, right? It doesn't stay in your heart, you move on. But other times, you need to extend forgiveness in your heart over and over and over again, right? And that's okay. It's okay. Some things are straight up hard to forgive. And that's all right. Forgiveness is oftentimes a process. So don't be surprised and don't get down on yourself if you need to extend forgiveness in your heart to the same person for the same thing over and over again. I found that in my life. You will find it in your life as well. If you say the words, I forgive you, and you still find yourself wrestling with it, that's natural. That's okay. It's a process, not a singular event. That's normal. Second thing, forgiveness is also not forgetting. Okay, when I talk about extending forgiveness, I, I feel like I always need to say that. Right? There's this saying, forgive and forget, that I feel has done a lot more harm than good when it comes to our relational health and spiritual understanding of forgiveness, right? Because some of us, some of us feel really terrible, really guilty, like we haven't forgiven if we haven't forgotten. There are things that I've forgiven that I still remember. We don't have control over what our brain chooses to remember or forget. So don't put that pressure on yourself. We're talking about letting go of bitterness and resentment so when that person comes up in conversation, when you see them over the holidays, 
when you interact with them at home, yeah, you might remember the offense, but it doesn't hurt you anymore. Because when you don't forgive, when you hold on to the resentment and bitterness, it actually hurts you. You know, we have a saying in recovery, it says, holding on to bitterness and resentments is like drinking poison and hoping it hurts someone else. <laughs> That's not how poison works. <laughs> you know, sometimes we withhold forgiveness because the offense was just too great. Or they don't deserve it. Or we feel like it punishes the other person somehow if we don't forgive them. They're getting their just desserts by me not forgiving them. Right? But it really just hurts you. You're drinking the poison. And it's eating you away from the inside out. So when we forgive, when forgiveness becomes a reality in your heart, it doesn't hurt you anymore. You're free from that prison. One more thing about forgiveness that I wanted to share. Back when uh, COVID first kind of came out and shut everything down this was a few years ago, um, Isla, who was just five years old at the time, my daughter, uh, she told Andrea and I about a dream that she had. She dreamed that someone came to our house and told us that COVID-19 was gone and we could all come out and party and no one at the party talked about it at all after that. Isn't that great? What a cool picture. Forgiveness is kind of like Isla's dream about COVID. When you forgive, you just don't talk about it anymore. Now, this is different from ignoring it, right, or just plain denial, right, or excusing the hurt, denying the pain, or that the, the hurt ever existed. That's not what I'm talking about. We don't talk about it anymore because we just don't need to when we forgive it. It's done. Now, I have to say, if you are in the process of forgiving something, you're working through something right now, you'll probably need to talk about it, right, and process that hurt with a trusted person and deal with things. That's not what I'm talking about. That's healthy. That's good. What I mean is, have you ever interacted with somebody and who just keeps bringing up the same hurt or past offense in conversations? just keeps coming up. You keep hearing about it. They just can't seem to get past it. You know that that someone, you know that someone hasn't really forgiven if they kind of just keep bringing it up. You know, same thing for us. If we can't stop talking or thinking about it, right, obsessing over it, we might have some forgiveness work to do. A forgiving heart is a forgiven heart. When we accept the forgiveness of God for us, we then can have the humble heart that is needed to forgive others. And when we can soften ourselves enough to forgive, our hearts are in an even better place to receive God's forgiveness because we're not blocking it with our own sense of entitlement, bitterness, or like tainted sense of justice. If we ever forget that we needed to be forgiven, or if we forget the fact that we didn't deserve God's forgiveness, then we feel entitled to it, or, or even that we deserved it after a while. And when we feel like we've earned it, 
We've earned that forgiveness from God, and then we see the foolishness of other people. Then forgiving them is almost impossible. You've got to have that humble heart in order to forgive others. You have to always remember that you are forgiven as well. We are all fellow fallen image bearers of God. Last week I ended with, where do you need to be forgiven? Uh, this week the question is, where do you need to forgive? Is there a place in your heart, a hurt, a wound, an offense that's just been eating at you? Is there something that you just haven't been able to forgive that is blocking you from being able to receive God's forgiveness of you? Now, I should say that when God determines to forgive, there is nothing that we can do to thwart God's plan for forgiveness. Right? We don't block in that sense. But when we ourselves are unforgiving, we block ourselves from receiving the blessings that God's forgiveness of us can bring. The freedom in our hearts, the joy of not living in the chains of the past, the freedom of relationships that are no longer encumbered with resentments. A forgiving heart is a forgiven heart. Let's pray for God's wisdom and insight into our hearts right now to help us to do this, to give us the insight to see where we need to extend forgiveness and then the courage and the strength to be able to do it over and over again, if that's what it takes. And we'll begin by praying the words of our prayer together. Let's pray together. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also given our debtors, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Lord, we, we know that we need to be forgiven, and Lord, most of us know that we need to forgive. <laughs> Father, help us soften our hearts. Soften us to be able to receive your forgiveness, but then open our eyes to see others and see the places where we need to then extend that forgiveness to others. The same ways that you have blessed us, Lord, you call us to bless others. So as we are forgiven, help us to forgive. Give us the power and the strength through your spirit in us to accomplish this huge task. In Jesus' name. Amen.